Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Six pounds, no. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in Baker. Which we've done in the Sheologian shop because right. we have cute aprons and one of them says Baker. And one mm-hmm. of them, the um, guitarist for Skillet, wears every Christmas while she I bakes. I saw that. Yeah. I saw a picture of that somewhere. She's adorable. Yeah. She's adorable and sweet. Everybody knows who John Cooper is, but I'm all about Corey Cooper. She is so fantastic. Yeah. In my experience, well, you know, there's that old adage, like behind every great man Mm -hmm. is a great woman, but it's just definitely true. And John Cooper would admit, I mean, we're not saying anything that John Cooper wouldn't say. No. No, he absolutely would say that. But she is just the sweetest. I love her. Anyway, that was so random. Um, No, except I want to tell you that today I am going to make the best chocolate chip cookies I've ever made. Um, That's my plan. I am actually, I have decided that something that's going to be true about me is I'm going to have cookie dough just like ready to go because it's the holidays. Right. It's the holidays, right? Yes. I mean, yes. Fall. Yes. Fallen yes. on, like the last quarter of the yes. year. Is the holidays. Is, yeah. And cookies are one of those things that like you can, especially, yeah, you just, if you keep it all together and made, then it's yes. nice and chilled. It's all the ingredients are like really. I'm doing it. Just. I'm doing it. I put in, who am I? Who am I? I'm a different person. I am going to ma- be someone that makes really good cookies. I've done the research. I've done the reading. Um, okay. And I, I, cur- I mean, currently there is the exact gram amount of butter that I need softening uh, downstairs. Okay. It's going to be cookie-tastic. I'm going to figure this out. And it's, you know, I did bread I while well, I did sourdough. Yeah. So, so bread, I can check that off. Of course, there's still so much more to learn and so much more to do. But like, I don't need a recipe. I don't need, it's like riding a bike. And my goal is that by January, making cookies of all different variables is going to be riding a bike. That's my... There you go. And it starts today. I'm doing it. That's Way it. That's, I just want. I know. Who am I though? Because what? What? I repotted a plant this week, Joy. Oh wow! I grew this aloe plant for so long; it needed a bigger pot. Which what? What? Who am I? What am I doing? Aloe, so good. Yeah. So hardy. Yeah. So beneficial. So pretty. Perfect. Yeah. And it's perfect for here. And I just. I've never six. I've always killed every plant, and but not these ones. Not this not, year. No. I kept lavender not alive. Not everyone. Wow. I know. 
It's exciting. Um, I made some, I made an, a new dessert this week because Georgia had especially requested it. Oh. Which I love because now that she's four, we're in the like, she can request, she can be like, I want this for my birthday as a Preferences. special Preferences. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so um, she, um, I mean, probably over a month ago, we were watching Bluey and they were eating pavlova. And she of was course. like, and especially in Bluey, you know, the art yes. in Bluey is so great that it's just like, who doesn't want to eat that? Yes. And so, so I made pavlova and was it your first it time? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Good yeah. job. And it was good. And yeah, it was a, you know, I, I don't think it was perfect. That's okay. But a lot of that had to do with the temperature of my oven, which I think I'd liked. I, well, I always have wanted meant to get, like, if you're ever, I would say that a good, um, like a small, like if you're ever exchanging small gifts, like small practical gifts with someone like your husband or whatever, I think I'm going to ask that for oven um, thermometer yes yes then you can hang that in your thermometer and you can actually know because i mean i'm sure everyone knows this at this point but sometimes you're like yeah the dial no, doesn't smart. is not totally and so something like you know for the most part it's not going to matter like if you're if you're doing a roast at 400 degrees for four hours, that's probably not going to matter very much. But whenever you, when you make meringue or even cookies, you know, like baking can be a little bit more. uh, No, that's really um, smart. Particular. And those aren't terrible. Those are just like, that's just practical good things right there. Yeah. To actually tell you what the, and cause we have gas now we have a gas stove and a gas oven. Okay. And so that was my one thing while I was making it is I was like, I was like, I do wonder if my oven is going to run a little hotter. And, right. Uh, but I just, sometimes too, you can't, when you're doing a recipe for the first time, you just got to like, you got to do it to the T so that you know, like yeah. what went wrong. Yeah. But so, so anyway, but it was still tasted good. It was just, you know, so it was your first time. Um, yeah. That's yeah. the thing is you have to be willing to do something poorly until you can do it well. Yeah. And I mean, it's the taste was there. It was a little, right. it was brown. Like meringue is supposed to be white and it was brown just because you could, that's how you know that it was exposed to too much heat because meringue is also mostly sugar, which browns when you cook it. So, you know, it's just yeah. those, just those little things. Yeah. But, um, they're I've still been... delicious. Oh yeah. They, they're just more like, they're less like pillowy on the inside. Okay. And more, you know, those, did you ever have those little meringues from Trader Joe's? No. That are just kind of crunchy through and through. <laughs> no, but, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then just whipped cream and fruit on top. So I was like, really, this is the simplest. Yeah. And almost for sugar i'm like this is the healthiest dessert, dessert you could have requested <laughs> <laughs> it's like just it's like fruit and milk <laughs> yeah that's sugar e- yeah. eggs eggs some sugar whipped cream which is you know yeah protein or <laughs> yeah we'll call it protein <laughs> yeah 
Pavlova is practically a keto dessert. Yeah, it is, you guys. <laughs> it's for bodybuilding. Eat your pavlova. You heard it here. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't even remember. I, I'm Summer. That's Joy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here. We're doing a mailbag episode. Yeah. If you're yeah. already annoyed by our chatting, this is not going to work. For this you. is not going to be the episode for you. No, this is. <laughs> no just honestly tune out right now um or skip just skip a lot you're gonna skip a lot um let's see what should i tell them you should leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475 um if your question or email doesn't get answered today you could always just send another one at some point um and is it this week let's see what week are we on this is the 25th so next week we start our next read, Paralandra. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you know, <laughs> we're doing it, you guys. We're gonna finish the space trilogy. We are. And, and honestly, it's, it's not too late. It's really mm-hmm. not too late. We don't assign reading for the first meeting of every book club. That's true. Um, and I would assume that we'll even discuss yes. a, out of the silent planet a little bit in the first meeting of this next book club. Um, But that basically means you have two weeks weeks to finish out of the silent planet. And that is super doable. Yes, it is. Plus we have, um, I have that lecture that I can send you. So Mm -hmm. um, someone in our book club has taught, uh, has done lectures on, the ransom trilogy so we're gonna have that available and we'll discuss out of the silent planet a little bit you're it's like it's it's not too late if you're thinking no i didn't read the first book so now i'm automatically exempt for the next two book clubs not wrong yes i want i want to just be crazy be spontaneous and just be like wow okay yep i'm doing it doing it also i just got an email yesterday from someone saying that they read the trilogy totally out of order and they loved it so much that they actually recommend that when they talk about it, this is the email. When they talk about it, they say, read the trilogy out of order. She read it two, three, and then one. And she had this whole thing about kind of how it framed things differently for her. And that if she could do it over again, she would read it out of order again. So um there are people out there who would say if you're starting with the second book you're actually doing it right um which i thought was super interesting and funny um and i know a lot of people who've only read one of the trilogy um either the you know any number of them but people who've only read one and loved it so all that to say we are we are doing this knowing that you don't have to read the trilogy in order and um just join in it's just going to be a good time so um yeah we do that at patreon.com slash theologians and let's see did i have anything else i wanted to tell you nope just the baking thing oh i did get an email um and this one is so quick i didn't even bother sharing it with you because the question was what do I like to use as my homeschool curriculum? So I just want to let, I don't talk about it often. I just want you guys to know that I mainly use Rod and Staff as my homeschool curriculum. 
you might love it. You might hate it. It's not the only one I use. It is the main one I use. Um, we recently started using Masterbooks, which I really am enjoying um, for our science material. Masterbooks are great, but I mostly use Rod and Staff. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. I know I never, ever mentioned that. So <laughs> now I've mentioned it. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to just spin the wheel. I've picked the emails. I've sent you the emails. Here's the emails. Let's see. What's the first one? Um, let's see. She loves our show. Um, what? She's still laughing about the crocodiles. Oh, <laughs> she's still laughing about the crocodiles being particular about the kind of meat they eat. Uh, when I told the story about the woman who fell from the sky. Um yeah. Here is her question. And I shared this with you, hoping that you might have some thoughts on this. Um, but here is her question. She said, would it be possible to reference specific scripture in your episodes? The content you talk about is so good. So for me, it helped have scripture woven in so I can go back and study it after the episode. So Joy, why don't you follow your thoughts with scripture references? Because you don't. You, um, you know, I, I think I could be better about that. I really do think so. Um, I think I, I think that'll require me to memorize more scripture, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess if we're going to be humble, sometimes I don't reference the scripture, the scripture that I am talking about, because I don't actually know the address. Um, and then sometimes <laughs> we're just talking about a biblical principle, which I do there are times I feel, so I'm the, I feel the stress to provide references for like, you know, if we're talking about something, provide a bunch of references. Um, and then sometimes it just, uh, it, it's like, um, I don't know. It's, it takes away from the somewhat of, like we're sometimes we're just having a conversation. So it's not even as though I'm intentionally leaving out the references. It's just like, we're talking and sometimes they just don't, they don't, uh, they yeah. don't go in there. And, yeah. um, and then I do, I do sometimes, I don't know. I wonder, I, when I read this, the email, this email that you sent, I, I did wonder what, um, you know, there was the whole debate online recent somewhat recently about like should women be even having theological podcasts you know should women teach it all and then i did yeah. i did just wonder i was like i'm not gonna say anyone's names but i was like i wonder what so-and-so would say about like us systematically going through our topic and then being like here's the verse for this here's yeah. the verse for this here's the verse for this yeah um not mm -hmm. that i'm saying we shouldn't I'm not saying how I, all I'm saying is I was wondering what some people would say about that, but <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I think, I think, I don't think it's a bad thing. And honestly, if we're just, you know, if we're just being honest, it's sometimes I don't say the, uh, the chapter verse because yeah, I don't know it. And it's just in conversation, yeah. but I don't, I mean, I don't think that would be a bad thing necessarily. No. Um, so the question, would it be possible to reference scripture? Yes, of course. 
Um, am I ever going to do that? No, no, I'm not. And I'll just, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Um, it's not like a intentional, oh, I would never, I, I think we do occasionally. I mean, there are times where when I know we're going to talk about a certain topic, I want to bring a reference and I know you, that's true for you as well. Yeah. And I want to, I want to give that reference sometimes. Um, most of the time I don't. And here's why is because I don't think that that's how people talk in real conversation. Kind of like you, uh, mentioned, I think that, um, if I was talking to somebody about a topic and they were like, well, as Proverbs 13, seven says, and in second Samuel three, that would not be, <laughs> that would be very jarring and strange to me. Um, and so I don't want to do that to people. And I just think that, um, in general, what we're trying to do here is just help build, build worldview, uh, and talk about principles. Like I am not trying to exegete a text for you if that if you want an exegesis podcast then we're just this is not where it's going to happen it's not that we've never gone through a section of scripture um it's not that i think that it i don't think it would be inappropriate um i think that my hope is that everything that we say stands as a part of a fully orbed worldview and i don't believe you get a fully orbed worldview by um necessarily systematizing every point. And so I specifically don't ever want to be a, here's a bunch of Bible references for you podcast. I think Mm. our encouragement is like, read the whole Bible, read a lot of it all the time, be in scripture, gain, gain wisdom through the means of grace by prayer and reading and partaking in church, (laughs) um, church life and other people. And so, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't think I'm ever going to, it's not that we've never done that before. And it's not that I will never reference scripture with the, you know, in second Samuel 12, three, it's not that that's never happened or it never will happen, but it's definitely not something that I think if I think of all the times in my life where I really learned from somebody in like real life context, just talking to somebody, mm-hmm. they were not sitting there with a list of references for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's just not how I'm going to tackle it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's not, it's sort of not really how the show, we've ever produced the show. Um, And I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't feel guilty about the lack of, which I'm not suggesting that the person that wrote the email is like saying we should, um, but. Oh no, she was perfectly kind. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. She was totally nice. Um, But uh yeah i mean you know i think uh we bring it up when it's when we're specifically referencing a passage that's pretty much mainly when we bring it up Um, yeah but yeah i don't know uh you know uh, yeah well uh i yeah i guess the answer is no (laughs) it's not gonna happen no (laughs) but we do um read the bible but we do read big chunks of it read it all the time (laughs) yeah well that's what i i think that's i think that was my point is just like i would hope that the older i get and the more i've read the more i will just naturally have a memory so if i am referencing something i'll be like oh well this verse says that 
you know, and so, yes, you know, I hope, yes. you know, hopefully in, um, in like 2035, you're hearing me <laughs> with quicker all the time. She knows exactly what second Samuel <laughs> 213 says, but give her about 10 more years. Um, okay. So yeah, maybe longer for the old Testament. <laughs> okay. This one's going to be fun. Um, this one, we get this email. We get the email every week. Here we go. Um, blah, blah, blah. Really nice things. She's in Georgia. Love it. Love Georgia. Um, a lot of her uh, church members, they listen to us and they're listening to the guys up in Utah and the guys up in Moscow and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the people up in Utah, they did a podcast about head coverings and then boom, it was a controversial topic in their body. And then half the women started covering and there's just been this kind of, you know, I think she's alluding to some division, um, she has not been convicted to cover and she wants us to talk about it. And like I said, we get the head covering email 30,000 times. I think before this, we've briefly mentioned our positions and, you know, it's kind of like me jokingly telling you guys what curriculum I use. Of course, I don't expect that every person that listens has heard everything we've ever right. said. So <laughs> That's okay. And it's totally understandable and fine. Um, and she did say that we've mentioned it in passing. She wants us to do a whole episode on it. We, well, she wants us to talk briefly about it. So let's do it. Let's talk briefly. Let's talk briefly. Um, huh. You know, you started on the last one. So I'll, yeah, I'll, go ahead. I'll start. Um, so I am not convicted that a head covering is a physical piece of cloth. I do not believe that. Um, but I do cover and I do that because my husband believe is convicted of the position. Um, he has done his work and he believes that women should wear a head covering and I cover out of respect for him. Now, he never asked me to cover. Um, but where I'm at as his wife is that I feel like it would be really it would be really disrespectful for me to know that he believes, hey, this is how a woman should carry herself in church. And then I just walked in every Sunday completely disregarding like completely disregarding that. Um, so for my personal conviction, um, when he shared with me that, and he, you know, he, he's a good man. He definitely was like, Hey, like, let's talk about it. Here's what the text says. Here's, he wasn't, he's not like some Neanderthal who was like, Oh, I believe this could put this on your head. You know, like he yeah. wanted to talk to me about it. Of course, I think would he would obviously prefer that I be personally convicted of it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but what I wasn't going to do and what he wasn't going to do was allow there to be any division in our marriage on this topic. And so he was very committed to not causing any division on the topic. And I was very committed to not causing any division on the topic. And so I put a head covering on and it's that simple for me. And I know some people 
would probably say, well, if you're not convicted of it, then you're not actually covering, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to worry about those people. Um, I want to honor my husband and I want him to, I want to bring, I want him to be respected. And, and so I'm going to put the covering on and it's just that, it's just that simple for me. My issue is what she kind of briefly alluded to in her email, which is that because one reason why I have not wanted to do a podcast on the topic or to make a big deal of it is exactly what was said in the email and what I just said about in my marriage, which is like, I don't ever want to be a catalyst for division in the body over a third tier issue. Um, And that doesn't mean that you can't talk about head covering. That doesn't mean like, obviously, if you believe this is a biblical command and, you know, I'm not saying you can't talk about it. But I have so many, almost all of the emails we get include a reference to division. And so I don't want it to be a divisive topic. And I don't want to be the reason why an entire church is like divided. (laughs) Um, That's just not my, I don't care to be a part of that. I don't think, and again, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody. I have so much respect for um, you know, I think in the email, she mentioned like Apologia, she mentioned Canon, she mentioned Bright Hearth, um, which is Brian Sauvé's. And it's like, even those three entities don't all uh, have uh, agree right. on this right. topic. And we are still, you know, we're brothers, we're sisters, we're working together, we're on the same page. So yeah, um, all that to say, I think number one, if the issue really is about submission and honoring God, this cannot be a divisive topic. Just period. You're, if you're, if this is becoming a divisive topic, if you're handling it divisively, if it's causing you to um, not be able to dwell in unity with your fellow church members, um, your head covering has become useless as far as I can tell if it really is an issue of submission and honoring God and I don't know, something about the angels. <laughs> something, something about the angels, you know, you just well, can't be good. Can you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> um, yeah. I am also uh, personally not convicted to cover um and my husband didn't either uh there was a period of time where he was looking into it and i covered out of submission to him and then that's no longer his conviction um and yeah i mean yeah the only i think um i don't know what else what else could i say that you didn't say um I think that there, I don't think there's anything wrong with a deep commitment to faithful uh, tradition, mm-hmm. um, reverence. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're looking around and you're looking for a good friend in your church, uh, anyone wearing a head covering is probably a wonderful candidate because it probably means they're committed <laughs> to reverence and submission and those are good qualities in a friend 
<laughs> um, and he's yeah, talking think, about me, I, you guys, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think uh, I I also think it's good to have friends that have different uh, principled beliefs than you. I think it's good to have friends with strong principled beliefs that do what they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, I am. Um, I think this episode is going to end up being about principles, by the way. I think that's the key word. I, I think in every question that we answer, we're going to be talking about principles. That's what we're, anyway. we're working with. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, um, again, yeah, it's one of those things that I don't need to, I would rather you have this conversation with people that you know, and I'd rather you submit to your husband than yes. necessarily what I have to say about it. Because I have, I have things that I have. I ha- I know why I'm not convicted. Yeah. Ever. Um, right. With a piece of with a piece of fabric. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, you're right. We don't want to run in the opposite direction here. Of like, if your husband is convicted of head covering, yeah. and you're over here like, hey, listen up to all the reasons why I'm not. Convicted. Yeah. Like that is that would feel really inappropriate for me. Yeah. Um, to do so we're just not going to do that yeah and there's there's certain if you're like well why don't you like why don't you talk about nothing then because obviously you're sharing your opinion i would say this issue is different because it's actually a sim meant to be a symbol you're talking about people's beliefs about symbolic uh submission and headship and all this stuff so this is a specific topic where we would not want to be like muddying the waters when it comes to what um, your husband or your elders or, you know, there's, there is, there is rich conversation to be had on this topic. And I do also think, I think sometimes people change their minds. I think sometimes people don't change their minds um, in a, when done well, yeah, head coverings add to the the richness of Christian life, um, <laughs> but I yeah I don't I mean if you want our brief can we discuss anything briefly probably not but <laughs> the briefest I can get it is I am not personally convicted and my husband is not so I do not cover with yeah. a piece of fabric during yes. service yes and. Uh... You know, I do think, I think one of the weaknesses or maybe one of the reasons we get the email a lot is because people who are convicted to cover are producing podcasts on the topic. And then typically people that are not (laughs) convicted to cover are not producing podcast episodes, convincing you not to cover. (laughs) Um, Right. But again, I do think that is uh, for me, it's because I don't think that would be an appropriate thing for me to do. I am not trying to get a church, especially like one I'm not even a member of to not do something. I'm not trying to get a woman. I don't want to get between a woman and her husband. Like it just is not, it's not It like there's so much out there on the topic. And I do think a lot of it um, that you will find is going to be pro head covering because it's people that are pro head covering that are producing the material. Yeah. Um, true. That's true. Because I'm not going to put a ton of energy into convincing you not to do something like that's yeah. just unless it is just so clear from scripture that it's sin. And I know some people would say, well, it's sin not to cover. I get that. 
Um, hopefully we can agree. This is one of those like very second, third tier issues. Um, and we can still be most of the head covers I know would say they can be perfect, perfectly in fellowship with me. Um, even if I'm not covering, but I am. So it doesn't matter. Ha, <laughs> but boom, <laughs> bow, write your emails to joy. Okay. Anyway, um, this next question <laughs> you can, you can start with, um, which is just funny. Cause it's like, I'm in submission to my husband though. And yeah. isn't that kind of exactly. Whole... <laughs> so don't email her. So leave her alone because now you're, you're in the wrong. Um, <laughs> and I'm covering in submission to my husband. So don't email me. Okay. Um, all right. Hi, this is how the email starts. Hi. Uh, I live in Colorado, one of the states that wants to promote abortion tourism. There is very little abolition work being done here. And the work being done is apparently being done by organizations with women at the helm. One of my friends says these are anti-biblical organizations because men should be running them. I'd love to hear Joy's take on the subject. Does abolition work need to be headed by men to be biblical? Thanks, Lori. P.S. I love this P.S. So I'm going to read it. My daughter's name is Ransom from Paralandra. So we both have a Ransom. How cute. Anyway. All right, Joy, that question was explicitly... She wants to hear your take, not mine. No. <laughs> what is your take? Does abolition work need to be headed by men to be biblical? Um, I'm going to revise the question. Okay. Uh, sorry to rewrite your question. Um, we make I'm up the rules gonna, here, so. I'm just going to answer the question. Does abolition work need to be run by men? Um. And the answer is yes. Okay. Um, I think, I, I don't think that means that women have no part to play. And I don't think that means that women have a, a little part to play. I think, I think there's plenty of work to be done by women for uh, abolition and the fight for equal protection. Um which can first of just, all, if that's something very quickly define abolition and equal protection for people that are not as deep into this conversation. Yeah. Um, so abolition is like the total abolition of abortion access and equal protection means revising the law to where if someone is killed by abortion, they receive the same justice as a, as a born person who um who is killed and receives justice so that's really that's like kind of more the legal side of it um but yeah so i think so here's here's why i think that men need to be leading the abolition movement i was going to say that if anyone's listening to me talk and thinking oh i want to be a part of this um you can i would definitely recommend you reach out to end abortion now. Uh, that's Zach Conover over there. Faithful, faithful guy. Um, obviously, you know, I used to work for end abortion now. Um, and we're all over the place. We are in Colorado, though. I don't know what extent. Yeah. You know, and states are big. So, well, some of them are. Some, states some of are them big. are tiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that means you may not be close to where we're at. But I definitely uh, recommend end abortion now. 
Zachconover.com uh, or reach out to Zach Conover. We've had him on the show. Excellent things. But um, so the reason is, is that um, our churches should be heading up this fight. Um, it's our job to protect. Well, it's our it's our job to protect the unborn, but also it's our job to make sure that the the uh, the the spheres of government above us, the church and the state, are doing the things that that we need to do. Um, so that's you know what's up. What's after the church? The magistrate. And so it's our job to hold accountable the magistrate for any failings that it has. Yeah. Um, and men lead churches. So that means men are going to be leading uh, the fight for yes. abolition. Now, uh, that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean there is a shortage of work for women in this area. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously important to be out there um, and, uh, you know, be a kind uh, voice and, uh, you know, having women and men out there definitely represent like the diversity in the two different roles, the two different uh, general, uh, just, just the, it's good to have how men are out there and it's good to have how women are out there. <laughs> I don't, that's not the best way of putting it, but that, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, and women should absolutely care. I think, I think the reasons are even different. Like our roles are different, but women should care because women, um, women inherently, even if, even just the ability to carry a child, you understand differently what mm. it would be yeah. to, to kill your own child and what it would be to protect your own child. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Again, men, per their role, have a different interaction with that as well. And they're, of course, called to protect on a much larger scale. And that kind of, again, goes to why I think that men should be leading it. Um, there is a tiny part of me that uh, loves, that also just loves the countercultural aspect of it, which is that um, if there's a group of men trying to... Um, fight against abortion out, you will generally hear, well, you don't have a uterus. So this and this and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I think that we need to be willing as Christians to say, doesn't matter yeah. if, if, if everyone with uteruses is saying it's okay to kill, obviously people without uteruses, uteri, what's the, what's the plural, um, need to, <laughs> It just seems wrong. I don't it know. Does. How it does. Both how ways. This is can you end <laughs> can you end a word with? Um but yeah, I do think that it should be I also don't think like I'm not meant I'm not trying to discourage uh women from becoming active in an abolition right. movement, but I don't I don't believe let the simplest way for me to put it is I don't believe in this kind of work being done outside of the church, the call and send of a church. And that means that men are just going to be leading it. Um, yeah. And that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. Um, and uh, it, yeah. It's, it, yeah. And I know that we would say just my quick answer is that women should not be out on the sidewalk alone. Mm -hmm. um, and our church would not allow, it's a dangerous place to be. 
Um, And so our church would not send women to be out there alone. Um, I've stood on a sidewalk and called out to people going into clinics, but like I was surrounded by dudes. (laughs) Um, So, and, you know, I think there's the question of, you know, when we were reading the pastor's wife in, um, in book club, there's that question of in these very extreme circumstances when all the men are unavailable, what is the woman's call? And so, you know, you and I are, are using words like should and ought, and this is yeah. how it should be. We acknowledge that, you know, I don't know what the exact situation is that the person's emailing about. Is it like the men just won't step up? Is it right. like there are no men? I don't know why this is being woman led, but it really does sound like the men need to step up um, yeah. because it is not yet. While it is dangerous to go, it's not illegal to go. Um, and so that needs, I'm curious as to why the men are not stepping up because it sounds like, yeah. they need, it sounds like they really need to. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely think there is a, a gentle and kind way to approach men who should be leading that aren't for whatever reason they may not even be inept as much as they just haven't like this issue is not on their radar. Um, but I do think that given the opportunity I have seen, I can't even tell you how many times I have seen um, men met with this issue and just instantly put, put down what they're carrying and be like, okay, we're adding this to the load now. <laughs> Yes. Like, this is my job. Yes. It's my job to protect uh, innocent children. Yes. And, um, yes. yeah, and I just think, uh, yes. yeah, I think I think that you should, that there is, it is okay to approach and say, hey, I feel like, I really feel like I want to do something about this. Can you lead it? And I will be your number one employee or yes. your number one volunteer yeah. or your whatever, yes. you know? Um, so yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't, um, no, it's good. Yeah. Well, I think it's helpful. I actually, in a way, like I said, in a way, I hope it makes you, if it's making you mad, I'm glad. Yeah. Because it's the, it's a part of the fundamental problem with our culture now anyway. So it should confront, it's not just confront by having men out there leading it's not just confronting the normalizing and acceptance of, of baby murder. It's, it's confronting all hatred of authority and submission and yes. headship and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, so the next email is super duper long. I'm not going to read the whole thing. And I think I'm just going to kind of generalize it a little bit because we do, this is very representative of a email we get all the time. Um, and it was one of our sweet snodgrasses just sharing. She's had these, uh, she's had several miscarriages back to back to back. She's feeling extremely just discouraged, you know? So she had, it looks like three kids and then she had back to back miscarriages and then, um, lost her baby, found out around 17 weeks, which is also when I found out with Mara back in 2021. And so, 
she kind of knew that I'd gone through that. Okay. She had three miscarriages back to back says, um, she's wondering, you know, is something going on? What's wrong? Um, she said our contentment and singleness episode actually really encouraged her on this topic, kind of taking that principle and applying it elsewhere. Um, and then she has a couple questions. How did you press forward to try for another baby after so many losses? Um, that's a personal question. And I'll just tell you, I was not trying. (laughs) Um, I was done. I was done. Uh, I was done trying and ransom was a, the shock of a lifetime for me. Um, I sent a very positive, I sent a picture of a very positive pregnancy test to my friend. And I was like, look at this negative pregnancy test. Um, (laughs) look it's negative and she was like um the the photo you sent me the positive like that's how much i was like not (laughs) what's happening um and i think everybody who's had a miscarriage can totally attest that when you see the positive test you don't believe it you're just like this is fake this is wrong this can't be yeah um And, you know, she's asked, she says, it's a loaded question. Like, how do you go through it before you stop trying? Um, And obviously miscarriage and fertility issues are just so loaded with pain and (laughs) so many different factors. And um, a lot can be very, very discouraging. And so um, I do think that on this topic, if you didn't believe that the Lord had a plan and a reason for each loss, then you will just be flat on your back, destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is all purposeless and doesn't have any meaning and is just bad and a result of sin, it will lay you out. It will lay you out. You will be discouraged. Yeah. Um. I don't know why I know with my first miscarriage, I had a lot of really having, and that was back in 2020, just like really having to grapple with a lot of like, why, what could possibly be. Um, And I think there's that quote that became very precious to me about like contentment and love for the Lord is like the learning to lay still under his hand and accept it all. And, um, the further often the further you get away from these very difficult moments the more clearly they the more clear they become right because in the midst of it it's not clear in the midst of it it's like this is just pain this is just awful and you really do have to remove and you it's like time time doesn't heal all wounds but time gives you the i don't know if this it's like when a it's like when um a window is covered in water and you don't see clearly out of it. Time dries the window. <laughs> Time yeah. dries the window and you can see out the window. And it, it just yeah. sometimes that 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 to me is what time does. Time does not heal all wounds, but it it allows you to see more clearly. And so I can clearly see looking back, I'm over three years removed now. Um of the first one I can, I can clearly see looking back, like, okay, this is what the Lord was doing. And it wasn't nothing. It wasn't nothing. It wasn't useless. It wasn't, it wasn't for nothing. 
And uh, I, that's that Elizabeth Elliot book that I read a lot. I read that book like <laughs> three or four times in 2020. Um, Suffering is never for nothing. Um, right. Highly recommend that book if you're going through infertility issues. Again, it's called Suffering is Never for Nothing. Um, it's really quick. It's really encouraging. But um, the Lord is always doing something in that. And you don't know what it is. And um, it didn't end for me there. So so here's another thing to consider that I'll be vulnerable about, which is that it's not like, oh, if I just got pregnant, then my problems would be solved. Like yeah. if I just got pregnant, then I will now I will be, I will be content and I will be happy. Um, because my entire pregnancy with ransom was a massive, just struggle fest of, uh, when is it going to happen? When am I going to mm-hmm. lose? When am I going to lose this baby? Um, and once you've, <laughs> and you know, like the emailer said, um, if you've, uh, had multiple miscarriages and then let's say you have one, you know, she's 17 weeks and it's like, so even when I'm 17 weeks, I'm still going to go, you know, is this the time? Is this the moment? And that's the temptation. Um, so I don't know. There's all sorts of things you can talk about on this topic. Um, but the reality is that the Lord is doing something in each individual's life. There is no one size fits all answer where you go to get peace and contentment on this topic is the same place as where you go to get peace and contentment um, on any other trial or suffering. And it, it is unique. It is a unique pain. Um, for some people, it's the most intense pain. But I do think a lot of times women will, because this is so unique, because it's so painful, they will want there to be a different or special or what is it? What is the thing for this? And I just want to tell you, it's the same. It's the same. There's nothing. There's no special. It's all going to be, <laughs> are you pursuing God in this? Are you, are you taking this pain to God? Are you, um, are you in prayer? And I think a lot of women, you know, the fear and the anxiety of it is so intense. Um, and sometimes maybe it's the bitterness that's so intense, but you're going to have to deal with this in the same way that you deal with fear and anxiety and bitterness. And it's not, if you don't believe the lie, that this is a unique pain that you've never had to um, experience before, just meaning like that you've, of course, you've b- dealt with bitterness before. Okay, apply that lesson here. It's not special in that way of like, I can't apply lessons I've learned about bitterness before. Maybe it's harder. I agree that it might be harder. For me, it was harder. Um, But it's still going to be the same. So... Um, yeah, I mean, 
she said in her email, like my husband's a good, strong leader and we're just trying to just, you know, we're thinking maybe we should stop trying for a while. And, you know, those are all things that I'm glad those are conversations to have with your husband. Um, there is again, no one size fits all of like, uh, you know, if you've had this many miscarriages, then you stop. It's really not my business. It's really no one else's business. Mm -hmm. And that's really not something anybody can decide for you. Um, I know people who've had 13 miscarriages and never quit trying. I know people who had one miscarriage and quit trying. And that is not, um, that's just not my business. And that's not a number. That's not anybody else's business. That's between you, your husband and the Lord. Um, and I do think, uh, you know, she mentioned her health and it's like, again, there are people in poor, horrible health who have beautiful, healthy babies. And there are people, there are people in great, wonderful health who have miscarriages. So the health piece of it, even that is that it's so of the Lord. Um, I will say that my miscarriages, my miscarriages put me in the worst health of my life. Um, I'm not going to go all into that just because it's so boring. But um, after my my first miscarriage, I almost bled out and died in the ER and they wouldn't take care of me because it was COVID. Um, and then with my second one, I was so far along. I went through a shortened postpartum time, which was really emotionally difficult. Um, but I was laid out, you know, like I was laid out. I had zero energy. The most I could do every day was like make a cup of me- couple meals And I realized one day I was like, all I do is lay in bed. Like, that's all I do. It's all I have the energy to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not good. And that was the beginning of me saying, okay, I have to come back from this. Like, just because these miscarriages laid me out doesn't mean I get to stay laid out. Um, And so I was not trying to get pregnant again, but I did really change, I think, my health. Um, And if that impacted being able to get pregnant and having a healthy baby. I don't know. I don't feel like I can, I don't feel like I can say, well, because I got healthy. That's what, I don't know that. Like, I don't know that. And, mm-hmm. um, that's not something I, I, I do think I would, I would encourage anybody to take care of their health if they're trying to yeah. become pregnant. Of course. Yeah. Yes. It's not that your health doesn't matter. It's not that your health won't at all impact your fertility. That's not true. But what I'm saying is you need to be careful. I know a lot of times what you want to do is be in control and say, well, if I had just done this, or if I had just done this, or if I had taken these vitamins, or if I had lost this weight, or if I had done this exercise, don't do that because you don't know that. And it's not a guarantee. However, just as a course of life, take care of your body. And, and yeah, there's a lot that women should know and learn about their health and their fertility. And I would encourage you to do all that, but don't do all of that. Uh, so that you think you can fallibly become pregnant, right? Like you're like, I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm going to, if I just do this, then that's it. You, you're not guaranteed that. Um, so really it's about having an open hand and saying, okay, Lord, and you know what? I know a lot of people who've started the adoption process and gotten pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a real, yeah. that's a real mm-hmm. phenomenon people talk about 
because they've pretty much given up, quote unquote, given up trying to get pregnant. And so they're finally Mm -hmm. like relaxed about it for the first time in their life. And they're like about to adopt a baby and boom, they're pregnant. It happens all the time. Um, I don't know. That's just something to consider. It's just something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that the, the, the question was not geared towards me, but, um, yeah, I would just say, well, yeah, so I guess we're, we're just being transparent. So Summer had to okay this question with me before we discussed it because I recently had a miscarriage and, um, and so it's like, well, for me, I'm one of the, man, maybe this says something about me where I'm just like, yes, let's talk about it. <laughs> and then of course I'm sitting here while she's answering and I'm like, oh, okay. Wasn't, re- wasn't intending to respond that way. But I think um, my, my answer to the question and then I'll explain for just a second, then I'll shut up is just, um, just don't, don't give up. And what I don't mean by that is that like, I know how many kids you should have. And, and this is my business. Cause I absolutely agree with summer that it's not my business. What, what your family size looks like and what's going on. And I don't, but what I am saying is that children are a blessing wanting children is incredibly faithful. The act to have children in a marriage is a required faithfulness. (laughs) Um, Not being bitter is required. Um, Having joy, taking care of your family, those things are required. And, I think that sometimes it's like, I just feel like I can't, I can't do it. I can't have any more kids. I can't handle another miscarriage. I can't. um, And you can, you can, it's not even really you that has to handle it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's you, you, I'm not, and this is not a, we are so far from self-help, (laughs) self-empowerment, But we are capable of so much faithfulness. Mm. Our, yeah. The source is the source is from perfectly perfect faithfulness. That's the source of our faithfulness, and that means that we can do any hard thing. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not that you won't struggle, because um, you will. But that's why I think my point is just whatever you're trying to do, whether it's tackle your faithlessness, tackle your unbelief, uh, you want more children, um, Mm. you have had a bunch of children, uh, a bunch of miscarriages. And so now you fear for the safety of your children. You fear for the safety. You catastrophize and you are anxious and like, or you, every time you're like, again, every time you're pregnant, you're just like, okay, it's going to end. It's going to end. When is it going to end? I already know. Um, what mm. I'm saying is don't give up faithfulness. Yeah. So whatever that is, whatever that faithfulness is for you in that moment, you need to not give up and you need to know that you can do it. You will do it. Um, yeah. 
and and you just each you know you don't put it off minister to yourself in every single moment you won't at first it'll feel like you're ministering to yourself nonstop all the time and then it gets better it gets easier um yeah and but don't give up so yeah. don't give up ministering to yourself every moment that you yeah. are bent towards unbelief or faithlessness mm-hmm. or whatever it may be just don't yeah. just don't give up so yeah you know the lord is doing something and i you know someone my, uh, my doulas told me that the first thing i said i didn't remember this and if you've had a baby before you'll understand why just the rush of whatever but my doula said the first thing i said when i pulled ransom out of the water was is he real like is he real like i looked yeah. at, like i was holding him and i was like looking around like is he real and i don't remember saying that but i believe that because i had such a disconnect my whole pregnancy with like okay but is this real like am i really i saw the positive pregnancy test i was like "Mm, it's negative i saw the ultrasounds and i was like we'll see and even after i pulled him out of the water it was like is i mean i gave birth to him in a bathtub (laughs) but like i felt everything i was like is he real and to this day when i think about last year when i think about being pregnant I don't, I don't connect it with him. I don't, it was a completely, like, I, I never connected that that was real. And I think that was just a defense mechanism on my own Mm -hmm. part of just like protecting myself. And I'm not full of regret about that or anything. Like, I'm not like, Oh, so sad that I, but I can see what the Lord was doing in that. I can see, I, it's very real to me what the Lord was doing in that whole process for me, which would be a whole episode, but all that to say, like joy and I understand the pain of it. Like you, you, you feel the need to protect yourself from it. But at the end of the day, like joy is right. Like that's the source of faithfulness that we have is literally endless. So apply that like that applies here too. no matter how painful it is. It applies here too. Um, That's what I mean by this is not special. It, it applies right. here too. Like you might think that this is too big to apply it to. This is too painful yeah. to apply it to, but that's not true. Um, so practice those faith muscles even in this area. Um, so yeah, okay. That's probably we should probably move on. We should probably <laughs> I think I had one more. I think I had one more. Oh okay. no, yeah, this one's even okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and like just by your uh your reaction my intro like, I here? think I know I think I know it's what we're talking about here my intro here I'm not gonna read the email it was directed at me specifically um but I, I think this is a worth this is a worthwhile conversation and maybe if we have a lot of whatever here's the question the question is should Christians read books and I'm going to widen this up, read a book, watch a movie, listen to a song, whatever that has a big bad word in it. 
should we consume anything with the big bad words in them? Um, that was the email. That's the question. And it's not the, again, I specifically picked emails that this is not like a off the wall question that no one's ever asked before. Um, and, uh, okay. So should, if there's a bad word, should Christians have anything to do with it? Um, I think that that is a really silly question. And I don't mean that as a knock on anybody that's asked me the question, but I would like to change the question alongside with you. (laughs) Um, Here's just number one. I've hearing a bad word has never made me sad. Um, It's never uh, harmed my faith. Um, When I hear a bad word, um, I don't, it doesn't, it's not, I'm fine. I'm okay. Um, and here's what I think is happening. So I want to talk about principles first and then application. So a lot of times I think people miss, people want to make application rules without ever having really thought through the principle. And the principle I have here is that, uh, I think most people, like when people got really big, bad, mad about that song, what, what was the Richmond, North of Richmond, right? And he sang a bad word, oh, I guess. I don't remember. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think I listened to it fully even once. I think I stopped it at like two minutes because I thought it was boring. It's not a song for me, but he says a bad word in it or something. And, um, you know, everybody's Aunt Pam was so upset. Everybody's Sunday school teacher couldn't even handle the big bad word in the song. And then it started this whole conversation and it's like, can we talk about principles first? Because I think personally, if you heard the song and it had, I think it was the S word in it. And that made you just like recoil and totally shut it off. My question is like, how do you, have you read the Bible? Like my question is, have you read the Bible? And my question is, have you read the Bible? Because Last night, I read a book and it started strong with a rape and then um, it had some murder and then it had some genital mutilation and then it had a city being ransacked. (laughs) And I just want you to know that it was the most edifying thing that I've read all day yesterday because it was the end of Genesis. Um, So my question is to people who are too pure for a song that has the S word in it. Like, how do you feel when you come across the rape of Dinah in Genesis? And how do you feel when you read Ezekiel? Are you, are you reading? Are you reading is is because, because man, you are just, you're going to have a really tough time when your sensibilities are more in tune with Jane Austen, um, you're going to have a hard time in the world because the world is, is not who does what's to borrow a phrase. The world is rated R. The world is rated R. And I think a lot of people can't handle it. Now, does that mean if I turn on a song and every other word is the F word, am I going to listen to it? No, of course 
not. Of course not. Am I comparing scripture to a horrible, nasty song? No, of course not. My principle here is if the only litmus test you have for a piece of content is, is there a naughty word? You're going to have a really hard time in all of life and you're going to have a really hard time in scripture. And this is not the same thing as people who excuse watching nasty things because there's nasty things in the Bible. That's not the same thing. The principle here is why do you have the sensibility of a Sunday school teacher from the 1950s South? And how are you going to raise children that are capable of going out into the world and having a job if they fall apart when their coworker says the S word? Because that's the kind of sensibility that might be being cultivated here. And I do think that's a problem. And I also think that you're saying, well, God would never, God would never uh, tell a rape story for your edification. And that's, that's not true. How do you approach the Bible? How do you, how do you read? Listen, Lot is in the hall of faith. The man lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. Tell me, please tell me, please what Lot was around day in, day out. And what and 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 Lot was known in the city. Lot was known in the gate. You think Lot knew what was going on there? You think Lot was like walking around with his hands over his eyes? No, no, he wasn't. So we need to be in the world, not of it. So your mouth needs to not sound like the world. But you also need to absolutely not even remotely fall apart if you hear the S word. You need to not fall apart. And uh, while I think it would be appropriate, I think female sensibilities can be very helpful. Okay. Female sensibilities are a fine thing. Children, especially little ones, need this female sensibility. All right. So when I'm out with my seven year old, if someone's out there cussing and being nasty, I'm going to cover her ears and I'm going to, you know, take her to an appropriate place and get her away from it. All right. Now it would, however, be extremely problematic if I was with my 18 year old son, I don't have one, but one day I will Lord willing. If I'm with my 18 year old son and we're walking down the street and someone's being, someone's cursing up a storm. If I covered his ears and walked him out of the area, we're gonna, this is a problem. And y'all women need to quit doing that. Like you need to quit doing that. You need to quit policing that and other people. And you need to quit doing that. My goal is to have children that can leave the house and not fall apart when they hear the S word. Um, so I have, I have a lot more I can say about that. But so the short answer is, should Christian read, should Christians read a book or listen to a song or watch a movie with profanity? The answer is yes. And the answer is no. It just depends it it largely vastly depends yeah yeah i think that um the answer to the question the you should not abide by any profanity is the easy shallow answer that we're looking for on a lot of topics which is like just tell me what i should be seen doing it's almost just tell me legalism, legalism. leggings leggings or no leggings just tell me if i should wear leggings or no and because i'm a christian i will not wear leggings ever and every time you see me you'll be like i'm not wearing leggings look at her she's not wearing any leggings 
And it's like, because we're not willing to do the thinking involved in what is offensive to us, what is offensive to God. Um, and just yes. so you know, when it comes to us, you will mature in your faith and you will find things offensive that at one point you you were fine with. Yep. And praise God for that. Yep. But the answer is not just like, oh, <laughs> I can't. I can't even handle that you just cursed. And I'm sorry, but a lot of times the only context I've really ever heard it in is weaponized against someone who it, they're bringing some a person is bringing the the aghast party is bringing it up to a person referencing the fact that they know they're okay with it. It's like, well, how could you be okay with it? Yeah. How could you? I'm not okay with it. Why do you love profanity? Right. Why do you love, why are you, why do you love offensive things? (laughs) And I'm sorry, that's, that's being totally ungracious. If you are one of those people that holds the anti-cursing badge of honor that I, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with not cursing. Um, I don't personally do it. Um, And and to and there's plenty I hear plenty of offensive things that don't involve cursing that I don't want my ears to hear. <laughs> and so I turn it off and yeah. I'm fine. Yes. Um and uh but yeah, if you if you are wearing it as this badge of honor, especially in comparison to someone else's uh who's not wearing the badge of honor, um then you're wrong. You're just wrong. Um and like, I don't know, I don't know how else to say that you're being lazy in your thinking, being yes. a busybody. Yeah, you're being um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that if it's your business, you you building an immune system for your children is your business. So I'm not saying that's not your business. But if you if you uh, if you happen to know someone who's watching a show that is that involves cursing um it's really not your business to um to to call them out now now uh i i do think in certain circumstances it is your business like i gave the example of the children or um you know maybe a close friend or whatever but even then i don't think i think if it is your business your responsibility actually goes deeper than just saying like well you should just never let a curse word hit your ears like here's what i'm gonna say right now I mean, does, is it my business? I don't know. Game of Thrones is a pornographic show. And if you like watching it, you're watching pornography. Yes. Now you can quibble with that. And there are a lot of people, again, to some, to, not to some people's credit, but in defense of some people, there are people who would now be a, totally offended and are offended that they ever even thought it would be okay to consume that. So I'm not... I'm not even making a statement about anyone who's ever watched Game of Thrones, but that is what it is. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm giving a clear and concise reason as to why you should not be consuming it. That has nothing to do with just, there are certain things that just are are, are offensive. Full stop. Yes. Nudity. Yes. yes. Full stop. Yeah. You're seeing someone else. Yes. You are sinning with them. They're sinning. You're sinning by watching them. That full stop. Cursing is not offensive in the same way. There is a con there, and just not everything 
is going to be a full stop situation. There is not, not everything is going to fit on the list of things that as long as you don't consume them, you're a good Christian and all praise be to you. And that should not be your thinking. You should right. not be thinking, well, I don't, you have, you probably have problems if you're thinking, well, as long as I don't say a curse word, then I am good. Yes. Right. Um, so yeah, the, if the question is, does cursing offend me? Sometimes it does. And mm-hmm. sometimes it, it don't even register it. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, I don't even care. It doesn't even. Uh, I didn't even hear it. It's not offensive. I like it, it off. Yes. But, you know, again, my point is like, when you go out into the world, right, you are going to, there is a certain amount of preparation and ability you should have as an adult to um, handle certain things. And pornography is not one of them. Pornography is a great evil that publicly... Uh, well, I guess in some very extreme cases publicly is done, but for the most part is not. I'm talking about the real world situation where you are going to be in Walmart with your kids and someone yeah. walking by is going to say the S word. And that is not the yeah. same tragedy as if you came around the corner and saw someone filming a pornography. These right. are two different kinds of sins and you should be mature enough and principled enough to know that. And many right. Christians behave as if they don't know that. Right. Because all sin is just sin. Well, that's true. But your little nephew stealing a cookie from the cookie jar when his mom told him not to is not the same as someone stabbing someone to death. You should intuitively know that. Right. Um, I will not read a book. I will, I will not read pornographic books. Um, I don't have any problem saying that Christians ought not watch porn or read porn. That's totally right. fine. I I say that Christians ought not curse. And, you know, for the most part, if a book really was just every other word cursing, I probably wouldn't read it. I can almost guarantee you I wouldn't read yeah. it. Um, does the occasional curse word mean a piece of content should just be erased off the face of the planet? No, I don't think that. And I think that scripture uses sharper language and tells rougher stories than most Sunday school teachers are willing to admit. And that is its own kind of separate problem. Yeah. So that's my long answer. (laughs) That's my long answer to that. Um, Don't let your female sensibilities subjugate uh, the world around you. would be my um encouragement to you and best of luck to well, yeah we've that. even yeah we've even talked about how like it is it's the standard is different like you're not held to the same standard as your kids you don't require the same protection like you were saying your 18 year old and your seven year old don't require the same level of protection should and not so, require the same level yeah, of protection right. and so like you exposing yourself is not a violation of any kind like you exposing yourself to to acceptable forms of adult content like just things that little kids can't handle that's that's it's not that it's unacceptable because one person it's unacceptable for for another person um and and i mean like i don't i have no problem with if you're offended by something just 
put it down. Yeah. Seriously. Turn it off. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not saying that like, you know, if, if a movie offends you, don't hear me talking in your ear and being like, well, you should be able to handle more because it, to some extent, like you're depending on, depending on the person, there's going to be more offense over some things than others. That's not what we're talking about either. What we're talking about is this weird, fake, pious, yes, uh, just instant like, oh, well, I, I see leggings. I know that's bad. I see a curse word. I know that's bad. It's just, it's shallow, it's shallow, incomplete. Well, thinking. and it's weird, it's weird legalism that doesn't actually, life is complicated. Life is complex. And I think what people want is a simple black and white. Here's the rule. Follow this yes. rule. Yes. I'm trying to get at what is the principle here? Right. What is the principle? And again, if your principle is if it's rough or could be rated R, then it cannot go in front of my eyes. You can't read the Bible. Right. So, so that can't be your only principle. That can't be right. your only yeah. bottom line because you're going to end up throwing out all kinds of things that God doesn't throw out. Like I said, when I read a story with a rape at the center last night, mm -hmm. it was it was scripture. And of course, scripture deals with it in a certain way. And we should totally emulate that and whatever. And then, yes, I'm told. But again, that the principle is what's your litmus? And then why are you holding everybody else to it? Because a lot of times it is shallow and it's just plain legalism and it's not really thought through very well. Um, yeah. So be careful of doing that. Okay. We've talked too long. You can leave us a voicemail, but don't email us about any books or movies at 470-465-0475. Um, another person asked us how book club works. So really quickly, I'll tell you, we meet live on Wednesday afternoons. If you're on patreon.com, you get the link to join the live. There's a chat where you can chat with everybody. Joy and I are live. We record it if you can't make the live on Wednesday afternoons from 1.30 to 2.30 Pacific time. And I post it for you to watch later. You can interact with the ladies throughout the week. We assign the reading and we chat about what we read about. And it's a little bit like a Sheologians episode. We chat. Yeah. Um, we get- Per request sometimes. Yeah. We uh, update Canada each other. Fact. Yes. Don't you know. miss the Canada facts. Um, the plantar fasciitis hot tips. All kinds of things uh, you can get in book club that are a good time. And some of the women, we've got women in New Zealand. We've got women in Ireland, women in Australia, women in South Africa. Most of them are obviously from the continental U.S., um, but women all over the world are in there. And um, it's just a really good time. So that all happens at patreon.com slash theologians. And um, that's it. We will see you next week. See ya. in our mind.